0: This is a journey into sound.
1: I know what you old
2: heavy metal weirdos do.
1: You are locked into MSR cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. If you like corporate bullshit, listen to commercial radio. If not, stay tuned.
0: Fuck the mainstream! Meta! Boy. This is James Rivera. I'm going back to old school. MSR cast? Oh, come on. Yes, we've been around for a long time, and we're not going away. This is James Rivera from Hellstar. Support your local scene.
3: Welcome back, my friends, to MSR cast, the metal podcast. This is episode number 165. We will be diving into uh, basically our 2015 most anticipated albums and a little bit finishing up what we started on the last episode with our 2014 Rewind. I am one of your hosts. I am Kerry G. Along with me...
4: I am the other host. I am uh, Sean, the Metal Pigeon. Yeah, to
3: think about it for a second. You're like, uh, what's
4: my name? Well, uh, let me tell you something. What I was thinking about was the fact that... Uh, it's been about three to four weeks since our last one. That's right. Actually, not release-wise, but when we recorded, we right. obviously we recorded. We had an interview episode between that. And you've been out of town. And That's so right. we realize that it's been a long time since we actually talked about stuff. So we're just going to spend a little bit, just a little bit of time wrapping up 2014 because there's so much stuff to talk about in 2015. That is very true. January's over with already major albums have dropped. We, we are behind. We realize that we're going to catch up tonight.
3: And we're so behind, we had to bring a third person on to help us out. Yeah, we had to bring on Dave, which is one of my co-hosts from the Metal Geeks podcast. How hey, you, doing, how you doing?
1: Doing good. Cool. Glad to be back.
3: You ready to metal it up, man? Yes. All right. So let's <laughs> Th- thoroughly. <sorely. laughs> let's uh let's wrap up our 2014 discussion
4: that we were just talking about. Um,
3: I know you had a topic you wanted to bring up that you you were you'd be remiss if you didn't talk about.
4: Yeah, so I mean, I, I was just thinking about albums. That I like you're always gonna have albums that come up that you throughout You know, in the middle of, the, of last year or throughout the year. Um, the first one reared its head to me was the Elevate album uh, Origins. Um, good album, like and I, I just sort of. It's not that I didn't listen to it. It's just that I just sort of let it sail past me when it came out in the summer. It's really good. Like it's actually like their most enjoyable album since um, Solania. Yeah. Um, The Call of the Mountains. The the song they made the video for. They got everyone all riled up. I like it. I I like it a lot. I think it's just a good catchy. Yeah, it's poppy, but you know what? Elevatee's always been poppy. Mm, you know, it's, yeah. it's nothing new. It's they, just
3: that's uh, always been one of those bands that I mean I listen to, but it's never really they're never really on my radar that much. You know?
4: Yeah, and, and they sort of dropped off mine for a while, but. um New album has the instrumentation that you like from them and it and it, it just has the goods like they just kinda gotten back to like really good songwriting that I felt was missing on their last two, so um yeah, one I missed already, realizing it.
3: What about you? Is there any album that we didn't really talk about that you want people to know about?
1: Uh, man, I don't even remember. Um I had written some stuff down like all those weeks
3: ago i know right
1: and now i don't think i have them anymore i'm looking
3: at my notes like did we talk about that or yeah not? i can't remember
1: but uh i did however go back at a at your behest <laughs> and uh i checked out side by side i did um the haunted and at the gates because you asked me who had the better album because uh we had kind of mixed things to say about at the gates last time and uh i mentioned that i had the haunted on my list just because i like the haunted right so you asked me who had the better album the haunted or at the gates have you come up with an answer at the gates wins the really? song the songwriting is better on the at the gates album huh. the the haunted album is i was gonna say is ma- good
3: I, I was gonna make you wait to give us like a drum roll but you just like went no, right I, into no, it
1: nope just coming right out with it but the the uh the haunted album is is good but it's just kind of more of the haunted um
3: I see that that's, that's a good point. I haven't really, I really only liked the first couple albums for the Haunted. I, they just sort of fell off my radar after that. It's just it's just the same old
4: shit. I, I always felt the be, their best one was the first one. Was the Haunted yeah. the Haunted made me do it? That was their second one. Second one, one. Okay. self titled self titled yeah, was the first. Self-titled. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, you know, there's nothing wrong with the the Haunted. um They're a good band. It's just that sometimes after a while you just sort of wonder what, what a band's trying to say or like what do you have left to say or whatever. I feel the same way about soil work in that regard. It's like
3: they have a live album coming out I think soon. Like an oh, do they? thing. <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. Well, well we'll see. Maybe it'll change my mind this time, so what about you?
3: Um, I don't know. This is a good question. Let's I'm looking at my picks from, you know, stuff that I listened to a lot last year, and it's probably something that we didn't talk about. Like, I don't think we mentioned the Primal Fear album. Yeah. I saw them live last year, so that was a big... And I big missed, song. Yeah, I that missed was cool. that show.
4: I I was bummed about missing that show. Uh, the album was good, but it, I, I remember enjoying it when I was listening to it, and then I just never went back to it. That yeah. might be just more about busyness, and you I just yeah. can't catch up.
3: It, it was definitely one of those albums, because, I mean... You know, Primal Fear is known. They'll put out a really heavy album for a while, and then they'll do like a really experimental. Here's something very poppy, you know. And this album definitely has a little bit of both.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's catchy. I mean, some people. um, Well, you know, the thing I remember most about the Primal Fear album. This was back in like April or something like that, or something that that early in the year. Uh, is that the Gamma Ray album and the Primal Fear album came out at the same time Yeah, and I thought Primal Fear like just smoked them like in that regard I do
3: like the new Gamma Ray album I don't like it all there's a really good tracks on it there's a couple they always have like throwaway tracks too you know what I mean this was the that's most, what prevents them from being an album contender
4: 2014 Disappointments Gamma Ray might be at the top of the list really? for really? yeah that was one of the, the most disappointing albums of the year for me
3: you know what mine is right? mm-mm is one of your favorites of, of this past year? Sonata Artica? no. Judith Priest.
4: Oh yeah, well, I, I can't get over. But, we talked about this the I last time. We did.
3: I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to touch upon it again. <laughs> and a little bit of the New Ice to Earth, man. I was really looking forward to that it, album. Yeah, Ice Sturris had this sort of had poor songwriting. It wasn't very good.
4: Some the, the songs that were good were really good. Yeah, but then there was a lot of like towards the end of the album there was a lot of plodding filler. And then I thought you know, someone brought this up to me recently, um, a friend of mine. When they said, like, what was the point of having Hansi Kirsch as a guest vocalist when he's, like, buried in the mix doing background vocals on one mm-hmm. of your songs? If you bring in Hansi Kirsch, have him be, have, give him a lead vocal part. Well, I did like their version of the, the Highwayman song. That was yeah, pretty cool. That was cool, but not enough to redeem the entire record. So Yeah,
3: I mean, there was good stuff on it. It's just, I know the, the production was a little sloppy too, I saw it. Yeah. I don't know. It was something about that album that just wasn't, it's not their best that's
4: for sure you know and iced earth has one of their flaws is consistency even from their early days right. you know you have storm writer great album and then you get um uh help me out here was it um uh burned offerings mm-hmm. not so good so yeah you know? i've always kind i've always kind of thought Sanda. that too
1: but I've known so many people
4: that Love burnt offerings. that's like that's I, that's their. I Ice like Earth the album. I like the re-recorded songs. they yes, did on the Days of Purgatory yes. album. I don't like the original recording I would, of burnt I, offerings. You
3: make a good point because like Iron Maiden's always been one of those bands to me. They'll put out a really good album, and the next one's okay. Then they'll put out a really good album, next one's just okay. They've always they do that. It's
4: like yeah, a cycle. So that's fair.
1: I, I do feel that that Ice Earth has been a little
4: bit lost. The last few well, years, because, uh, yeah, I, I thought they got back on track with Dystopia in, in 2011. Yeah. I mean, that was a really strong album. It's still one of the ones I listened to. I might need to listen to it a couple more times because yeah. I, I I didn't really a lot. No, but you're right in saying because app because their last really great album before Dystopia, and I call Dystopia great, but Glorious Burden with the first album with Ripper, I thought was a great album. Yes. I thought it was thematically, conceptually, everything great. Then you have the uh, the the Crucible of Man, or no, uh, you had. Um, Oh, the so two something, something, the two wicked. something wicked albums, they were just very underwhelming. Like both of them, they felt, and it was they felt so, very
3: forced. Very forced, well, and it was very, the it was
4: weird game. because you had the Ripper transition on one, yeah, you had Ripper on and the one other,
1: Ripper and the other one. It was and the Ripper very one was strange. better.
4: <laughs> the, I'm sorry, the Ripper, the Ripper album was better. Okay, so I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Iced Earth is a picture of inconsistency because, like, yeah, some uh, something wicked this way comes the album kind of kind of half and half it's like okay in some parts i, like that album. I love that horror album. show great
1: album thank you there are so many people that don't like horror show yeah. and i oh, i yeah, know I, that john schaefer john schaefer has always kind of been met on horror show but horror show is one of my absolute favorite that iceland yeah
4: it's very in good heavy yeah i mean dracula that's oh. yeah. what I was just about to yeah. say. To right.
1: Listen to the song Dracula off that album and tell me that it's not just one of the, the most metal things you've ever
4: heard. And this has been the Iced Earth Corner. Yeah. <laughs> the Ms. R-Cast podcast
3: is brought to you by Iced Earth. Yeah. So let's move on to 2015. Yeah.
4: There's been a lot of great releases already this year. Yeah, the first – people are going to turn the show off when we don't talk about Blind Guardian first. Who? So People are going to no, – Who? Blind, <laughs> Blind, <was>? Blind Guardian. <laughs> Blind Guardian. (laughs) What? Who are these people? So, I mean, this is obviously Mike. If Maiden doesn't release an album this year, and uh, who knows, a Metallica. This is this is the biggest metal album of the year. So, um, new Blind Guardian album. Uh, Here's my initial thought about the album: is that I. Going into it, I, I'm a fan. I'm I'm looking. I'm like, I'm just readying myself to be a, to have this enjoying uh, uh, mindset of like, yes, newborn guardian, and they delivered. It is a great album. But what I will say is that it is their most complex and difficult to get into album. At least their most difficult to access album since uh, a night at the opera. Um... Did you find you found that difficult to? A Night at the Opera has good songs, but the production's very inaccessible. It's that, very over the top. Well, and I'll, I'll touch back on that later. But here's the thing with this new album: if you if you want like a good description of the new album, it's A Night at the Opera mixed with the last album, At the Edge of Time, because mm-hmm. it takes the 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 songwriting complexity of A Night at the Opera and mixes it with the orchestral tendencies of the, the bombastic-ness. last album. the bombast of the last yeah. one yeah exactly
3: i i do hear a little bit of old school uh you know riffing in this album too
4: it's there but there's a lot of songs that are um very uh layered upon layered and yeah. like the riffs aren't like they're not they're not progr- like you know song carrying riffs they're just more playing around his vocals I don't
3: think you've given this album enough listens <laughs> how many
4: times have you listened to it 30, you, 35 complete listens only so 35 times that's not enough sir so I I, 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 I I'm actually you know, I'm backing off for a couple of days to give myself a little break and to come back to it in about a week and see how it's changed and stuff but I really like the, the first single they put out the, the second track on the album Twilight of the Gut it sounds way better on the album
3: I love that song. It's a that's great song. classic yeah. Blind Guardian. And I think that that's one of my favorite tracks on the album. The the
4: the unfortunate thing for people who bought the jewel case edition is that the best one of the best songs of the album is not in the jewel case edition. So the earbook and the digibook editions you can get through Nuclear Blast or mail order or whatever have uh in the middle of the track listing they have a song um at number 6 called Distant Memories. It's not in the jewel case edition. Um, I haven't heard the track yet, actually. It's a great power ballad. Like, kind of reminds me of Noldor mixed with Nightfall, you know? And it's just, uh, why Why would you leave that off so like, half of your fans aren't going to hear this song? Like, of all the songs you're going to pick to eliminate, not, that one, not this one, you, you didn't
3: they, they had room for one more song. Come on.
4: It's one of these things where Nuclear Blast is, like, insisting on having, like, a special... And I understand why they're doing it, but... They, they they should have maybe gone with, like, uh, I thought maybe of, of all the songs in the album, um, maybe At the Edge of Time might have been, like, the, the, one of the weak, weak links. Actually, mm, I, I, yeah, maybe. Or, or maybe um, Sacred Mind. I didn't like the way that... I that, like that song. Yeah, I like Sacred Mind. Really? Because I, yeah. I, I feel like he oversings on that chorus a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, there's not enough... I don't know. I haven't listened to
3: it 35 times. I, I have only listened I, to it probably like seven or eight times. See, right I'm now. not
1: even there yet. I've, I've listened to it twice, and one of those was very distracted. Like I wasn't really yeah. actively listening. I definitely need to spend some more time with it. Yeah, so. I feel
4: like I feel like the, the, he's. Um, I feel like he's basically going into that chorus, and and there's not enough of a differentiation between the start. And the finish of it. I mean, I, that's just a nitpicking thing. I mean, it's a good song. Right. There's so a, in fact, there's no bad moments on this album at all.
3: So let's hear the the song you're talking about. It's called Distant Memories. This is
4: a, a bonus track, which is placed in the middle of the album. It, well, you know, there's a Japanese bonus track, too, called Doom. If you order the import edition, you'll get Doom. And it's a kind of a heavy, I wanna hear very, that. very heavier song. Um, that's cool. This is, like, maybe the lightest song in the album next to uh, Miracle Machine, which is the piano ballad. Uh, this song is so fucking catchy why I don't understand why you wouldn't put this on the album so just here we're gonna play it and uh, we'll come back and talk Blind Guardian
3: here you go
2: Get in here, just stay invisible till you-
3: And we have returned to the show, and we just heard something from the new Blind Guardian album that was a bonus track from the Digipack version called
4: Distant Memories. Excellent song. Excellent, excellent song. Very,
3: very grandiose, very... Yeah. Okay, the way the song intros, it's, it's weird. And while we were just listening to that song, we actually listened to the music while... While you do... Oh, we do. Um, Dave made a good point. He said it was um, lighthearted. Go ahead and say, yeah. What's...
1: The 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 weird intro, the kind of the the oddly syncopated yeah. melody there. That it to me, it, it reminded me of the uh, the Hobbit theme from the Lord of the Rings movies. Not not from the Hobbit movies, but the the theme that played that indicated that, that we're talking about Hobbits in right. the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
4: Okay. I can hear what you're talking and, about right
1: now, yeah. And that the way that it transitioned from that into the main body of the song was reminiscent of the the uh, the change between that theme in those movies versus the rest of the soundtrack.
3: And I, I 100% guarantee that... They would think that was an a, immense a compliment. big compliment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they sort of liked the Lord of the Rings don't a they? little. I don't know a, little, a bit. little bit. Yeah.
4: yeah. I heard uh, an interview with Hansi recently. When he was uh, talking about how much he loved the Hobbit movies. Really? And he's just on board. He's just like, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm
3: there. I missed the first round of interviews with Hanzi yeah. for the album because I was out of town. Yeah. I'm gonna try to get on the next round, and I'm gonna definitely talking about the about some geeky stuff too. Yeah. I think it'd be, You think I, that guy's the geek? The man can talk. I think so.
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, okay, just think about the album now. I mean, what are your impressions of it right, as you...
3: I really do like the album. Yeah. See, here's, you know, the last couple albums, you know, I would listen to them, and that was pretty much about it. it. I didn't really pay attention to it much after that, but I've really gotten
4: into the brand new album. I've listened to it a lot. I've heard so much um, divided opinion on the new one from hardcore power metal fans. Really, like some people are. And, w- and my advice to them, in my review um, I put up recently was: uh, just give it more time, give it more listens. Like it's it's only been out like a, barely a week. If if it's not sinking in yet, you know you don't have to don't don't write it off right away. Don't panic or anything. Just keep listening to it because. This is a band that has given you so many great albums, so many great songs, so many great individual musical moments that I think you kind of, if you're a fan, you owe it to kind of, you owe it to the band and to yourself, more importantly, to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, there's something on this album I'm going to, it's going to awaken to me. And for me, to my my experience was this. First couple of listens, I was like, wow, this is, this is a lot to take in. This is very complex. And. So very it, it, Contrary to the last album, At the Edge of Time, which was very direct and, and punchy right away, mm-hmm. very chorus and hook-oriented, the new album, songwriting is not about the hooks. It's about the layers of... It's, it's like these songs aren't really built around hooks. The, the, the rare exception is Distant Memories and a couple other songs, um, Twilight of the Gods, of course. But um, this album is just basically like very progressive songwriting and so you have to kind of give it repeat listens and every time i'd listen to it over and over again a new <laughs> <R35> song
3: 35 repeat <laughs> listens
4: well yeah, well and every time i'd listen to it like, especially when i got like around listen like past the first couple of, uh, listens it, i started to realize like oh well i really like the grand parade or i, I i'm really like i really like um Prophecies, track number three.
3: Now, let me ask you a question. Um, When you listen to albums, I know you listen to them in completion. Do you ever just put stuff on, like, here's a bunch of new albums that have just come out. I'm going to put these all in random and just listen to different songs from each album. Do
4: you do it that way? No, I I listen to an album from start to finish. That's generally how I do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like the artist. But I
1: find that when I do, on on the occasions that I do what, what you're saying... I, I find things that I didn't yes, otherwise. I agree on that. And I notice things that I, I when I pull it out of context, I notice things about it that I don't necessarily notice in context. So I do gain a bit of an appreciation for yeah. for pulling things out, but as a as a I guess my my attitude is is that I'm trying to digest the art as it was intended to be. Yeah, to exactly. To. Yeah, track sequencing. and so that's how I tend to listen to things is yeah. in order I very rarely like start an album in the middle or anything like that it's like Some, a start at the beginning
4: when I first listen to them I'll listen to them sequentially in order when i when I go in my car, I have a metal pigeon listening playlist on my iPod, and I, I hit shuffle on that, and they'll kind of cycle around so I do I do a little bit of both yeah,
3: I do that sometimes too yeah, a bunch of new releases um, I'll stick them on a little flash drive USB drive and pop them in my little into the car and the you know in the in the reader. Yeah, you know, just put shit on random sometimes, and you'll you'll hear a new thing sometimes. Like, oh, well, you know, I heard this album, but you know, I didn't hear this song in that that way before. You know what I mean?
4: With, with Blind Guardian, I I for me it was just very much like a ritual thing. Like, this only happens every four years. I take it very seriously. You get <laughs> a Hobbit T shirt
3: on. I no. spent
4: most of January listening to their entire discography from Battalions all the way up to At the Edge of Time, like in order, and I was just ready for that when I, when I got the album. Listening to it, and so I I already had like in my mind, just Boy and Guardian on the brain, and so I don't know. I mean, it's it's a it's a testament to the album how different it is from anything else they've ever done that it was able to shock me at that point. Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, what am I listening to? This is intense, you know. But give it time. If, If you're having problems with the new Boy and Guardian album, just let it. Just keep on listening to it. Be patient. Maybe take a break. Come back. I guarantee you it'll open up, just like you're peeling layers off an onion. So
1: I haven't I haven't delved into it a whole lot. I mentioned earlier, I've listened to it maybe twice, and one of those was not active listening. It was on in the background kind of a thing. Yeah. And I, I think to me, I was hoping for a little bit more hook and, and the anthemic yeah. sing-along choruses and stuff. Yeah. And so I was a little bit disappointed that I haven't
4: gotten that. And you and will. So but uh, so I'm still trying to come around. I'm still, you know. Hansi has said in on the interviews that the first song, The Ninth Wave, mm-hmm. is the most radical song they've done. Now, having listened to the album as many times as I have, The Ninth Wave is maybe one of the most anthemic songs on the album, so I'm not really sure what he's talking about. There's a lot of weird sound effects in that song, like industrial-esque sound effects. Yes, you know, I like, agree. Like, Especially like, when it first starts. Like the sound of metal, you know, like clanging against metal. And you're, it's like, these are just sound effects. They're not really changing the character of the song. The character of the song is a very anthemic, you know, fist raised in the air, glory, qual extended song, you know, so. Um, I, to me, the, the only song I have a problem with on the album is uh, Sacred Mind. We were talking about that. But, I mean, even that is like a minuscule problem. I think, that, I think that a lot of the praise that's being directed at the last song of the album, The Grand Parade, I don't really think it's the best Blind Guardian song ever, like some people were saying it is. I just think it's a good, epic song. Interesting to note, the first song and the last song are both 9 minutes and 30 seconds each. <laughs> that is true. I'm looking at
3: 9 <laughs> minutes and 28 seconds each.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's weird. You mentioned that it's a weird little bookend. So why um why has it been five years between albums? That, I mean, this is just blind guard. I mean, well, it's it's actually just four years, but on, on paper it says five. Well yeah. Um, but I mean, it, this has been the way they've done th- it's Nightfall '98, uh, 2002 Night of the Opera '2006 Twist in the Myth, uh, 2010 at the Edge of Time 2015. I guess so. The album was supposed to come out in December. And then they got Dwayne. Are years they ago. touring on this album? Do we know yet? Yeah the he, the AMA they did. Uh, Hansi and uh, Andre did a an, an Reddit AMA a couple of days ago, and they said North American tour at the end of 2015. That's cool. So they're going to be touring Europe. Obviously. Who would you like them
3: to tour with in America?
4: Um, can I say it? Halloween. Th- well, yeah. I mean, that would be great. Obviously, that'd be a perfect for, team for me, me. For me they don't even need an opening act they don't like they didn't an time. evening with blind guardian kind of a <laughs> s- situation they had <laughs> hey, holy if grail Mars, Mars time, can do it why can't I went blind to gardening? that I, yeah. I, I, I did that show so it was it yeah was cool. I, I, to me I mean I, I know they're going to take someone but um, I, you would hope it's just someone that's not utterly goofy like Aelstorm or something like just pick a respectable band you know that's All right, it. So I think, let's let's move away from Blind Guardian. Yeah, hard, hard as it is, let's move into
3: another band that's sort of like Blind Guardian. Let's talk about uh, Orden Ogon. Yeah,
4: or, Ogan. Before like, the, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Orden Ogan. I think we've had this conversation before. Yeah. I think I think that's the way I'm going to say it now. Orden Ogan. That's that's the way it's spelled, right?
3: Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> um, before the uh, before. During the last podcast, I was kind of jibing at them a little bit, like, why would you release your album the same month that and Guardian's releasing their new album when you sound a lot like early Blind Guardian? And that's still a valid criticism, but you know what? This is a good, good record. And so you're, you're treated, it's like, oh, if you're not getting that kind of, if, if you have, if the new and Guardian's giving you trouble and you just want a quick fix of something that sounds like classic Blind Guardian... Hey, another band from Germany that's delivering exactly that. And it's just a good album. It's a them.
3: really, really good album, uh, especially the title track, which is oh, my favorite, yeah. "Ravenhead." Oh, that song is it's really, really good. It's a great really
4: song. Um, I, I don't know if I like it more than uh, the last one, uh, all things considered. I just think that maybe there was a little more consistency in the last one, but that's not saying that much. I mean, it's still a good, good album. I mean, it's just... Catchy, anthemic, in all the right places. I don't know. I mean, you know. Yeah,
3: to the end with the first album I actually heard from them. So yeah, that's sort of like you're when you're jumping in point, you're like, oh, you compare everything to that, even albums before it. You know, yeah, but yeah. They're they're really they're really catchy. They they wear their influences on their sleeve. Yeah, very very much. That's okay. Yeah. So who better to play after Blind Guardian than Orden Ogon?
4: Yeah. No. Let's let's do it.
3: So this is the track that you picked out called "A Reason to Give." Give me a reason why you want to play this one.
4: Uh, next to Ravenhead, catchiest song in the album. Yeah, or, or maybe even a little bit more catchy because it's just directly the chorus is very much like pop.
3: Ravenhead's more a little bit more of an epic
4: song. Epic song. This is the pop number basically. But we, we, you know, we'll we'll do this.
3: It's poppy. Here uh, it is. This
4: is Orden Ogan. A reason to give.
3: And this is the album called Ravenhead.
4: listening to Orden ogon a reason to give
3: we're not listening to it anymore we just listen to it though.
4: yes what, what'd you think
1: that was really cool yeah I I have not listened to them before and I, I dug that I'm gonna I while we were listening I pulled up my Spotify and added them yeah nice my, so yeah, that's right go back They're, and the, check them the out. last
4: album before this one you the end. checking out too to the yeah, end it's yeah a really good album the ballad on that album has some of the most hilarious lyrics you'll ever hear, but the melody the, I is so affecting. The
1: album covers are pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just at, at first at first glance, I'm like, oh, that's some really, yeah. really cheesy album covers. But they, they bring that sort of anthemic, though. anthemic yeah.
4: old school kind of blind guardian punch to it. Um Stop saying Blind
1: Guardian. Yeah, you're you're. I'm cutting you off. I
4: know it's all my brain, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, uh, no more Blind Guardian. Uh, <laughs> Good day, sir. Oh, you're done. You know, Orden. Or- they they sort of bring to the table something that one of my uh, readers commented. Uh, reader named Mike commented on. He said, um, you know, sometimes I get tired of like when they over when like when Blind Guardian overdoes the orchestras or, yeah. or, the, or the choirs and stuff, and like it's just too much. And they had to have they need to have some spacing. I think you can get past that, but. Orden goes the traditional route and they'll they'll lay it in on the chorus, you know, mm-hmm. or or the the build up to the chorus or the yep. bridge or something. And so it's like yeah, it's just very anthemic. It's hard not to like that stuff. So Yes,
1: yeah, so it was very easy to like. Yeah, yeah for sure.
4: <laughs> yeah. And I think that um I heard that those guys might be considering touring. Really, in America, in the, in the United States, yeah. But, I know
3: they played uh, what seventy thousand tons recently, or were they on know, last year? Maybe. Okay.
4: The problem, I think, is that some of those guys have day jobs, so it's mm-hmm. like one of those situations where they have to get like sub musicians in to to cover. I think the singer's okay to tour though. So I think the
3: boss, their bosses, should just give them time off. Yeah, take it for me.
4: That would be a that would be a nice little package: uh Blind Guardian, Ordon, Ogon. A dream package, but they both from Germany. Both albums out this year. It's true. It makes sense. They wanted to get their foot in the door in North America. Come on down.
3: They're touring with who? Hammerfall in Europe right now. Oh, are they really Hammerfall and like Serious Black? I believe.
4: Oh, uh, that's a good package. Yeah, yeah. Say, dude. Serious Black. No, say nice package. Nice. Pa- <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not saying
3: that. So let's take this time. Let's talk about some of our. Uh, 2015 uh, most anticipated albums.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, well the big one already well, one of the big ones just happened but um,
3: Who, see, it, is it, that, What big one would you be referring to? Well you, you know.
4: But it's <laughs> <laughs> there's when you look at the spectrum of possible releases this year I think the first one that you look at is Iron Maiden. The fact that they're a fan club Christmas card included a picture of Eddie peeking out of a recording studio, to me, is a big indicator that 2015, we, they're a new. And it's been five years, it's going to be five years by the time the new Maiden album arrives. If it arrives, I'm going to say, I'm predicting August. Around August, we'll see a new Iron Maiden album. And that, to me, is kind of like the most anticipated for me now. Um. A lot of people would probably mention Metallica. I honestly don't care. Who? Yeah. I've been okay with that new Metallica album for the past seven years. I can I can wait another year. Yeah. Um. But Faith No More is a big one for oh, me. Oh, yeah. I've, I've listened to that uh, motherfucker song I, a few I, times. I have played it out too much. I, I need new music from them. So uh, that one. I'm um, looking
3: forward to the new Paradise Lost called yes. the Plague Was In, yeah. which should
4: be out in summertime, june Yeah, definitely. And we're going to talk about this band later in the episode But The Enslaved, the new album. Yeah, that's a big one for me.
3: Okay, so The New Enslaved, I will admit, I've heard about seven or eight times already. <laughs> Does not disappoint, my friend. Yeah. That's it's- one
1: of my favorite bands. I, I love Enslaved, I, and their whole... Their whole yeah. catalog from the raw black metal stuff at yeah. the beginning to the Viking stuff and all this weird proggy shit they do now. I love oh, this all album of it. is
3: definitely more weird and proggy. Cool. There's some really spaced out things on this album, but it's really good though. I mean, that's that's the thing about Enslaved is they know when they need to make it, you know, fast and furious and black metal, and they know when to. Yeah, this song has no heavy vocals in it at all. It's just really fucking catchy and
4: psychedelic, and mm-hmm. they they have they have their own shtick, man. Yeah, it's it's amazing when you think about. Um, and I guess we're we're talking about them now, but it's it's amazing when you think about those vertebrae, which started the whole kind of trippy, weird yeah. vibe that they're on now. But then they had like I'd go right actually even a little bit further than that. Well, you know the roots started a little bit further, but like, Vertebrae was the first album where it's just sort of like the entire okay. thing was just like yeah Whoa. I'll give you that. But then so then uh, Axioma comes out and Axioma is this anomaly amidst uh, Vertebrae, Axioma, Ratier, and the new one. Axioma sticks out like a sore thumb because it was so brutal and so unrelentingly just punishing, just like maybe the heaviest album they've ever done. Um, and and Rattier was very much like rock influenced mm-hmm. and you know cool like Alice in Chainsy type this moments this album and is a little bit of all of that uh, we're,
3: okay so I was listening to it in the car today I was with my uh, Metal Geeks co-host with George and he, you know one of the songs came on and it was like heavier vocal style and he's like oh how does he do that with his, his voice but then the second song came on and he was like I really like this so it's it's George. He's gonna, he's gonna
1: have his. He's gonna have his moment. He's gonna where, have his breakthrough kicks one day. Over yeah, he's gonna it's go. Gonna, it's yeah. gonna click for him. It's so just. I mean, this this album just keep, scratches. Keep up the good work, my friend. That's right.
3: <laughs> <So> <laughs> this album scratches. You know, it, it it hits all those itches that you want for an enslaved album. It really, it really does. Cool. Yeah. And we're gonna get you a song later in the in the episode, so you can actually the first single. You can actually get your if you haven't heard the whole album. And it comes out what March now, so it comes out soon. Yeah, early March. Yeah, yeah so tenth? is it the yeah tenth, the tenth? I think? I think yeah. So this will be a little sample of what's to come. Cool. But What else is coming out this year?
4: Um, well, the Insifrum album just came out. One Man Army. Yeah,
3: we're gonna play something from that, aren't we?
4: Yes, I believe we're playing the title track. Um,
3: I'm looking right now just at the next few months of releases, and what's come out in this month, so... So, I, I was January.
1: gonna mention, it wasn't one I was looking forward to, it wasn't on my radar at all, and yes. I'm not even sure how metal it is, but the new Marilyn Manson album is
3: pretty good. I, I, was, that. I was about to say the new Marilyn Manson album, because people were like, oh, it's really good, I'm like, well, the last few ones that I listened to were disappointing as hell.
1: I haven't listened to him in ages. I've so, been in... Yeah, it's I listened long to him probably time. like
3: once, and I was like, "Okay, I, that's it." Yeah, but the the new album is called "The Pale Emperor," mm-hmm. and it's really, really good. It's dark. It's brooding. It's it's very,
1: uh, like heavier Depeche Mode. Like that's what it made me think of. It's very in that heavier mode. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. And yeah, the last album I heard from him, like, completely sat down, and listened to his Mechanical Animals, like, way back. Yeah. Then. So, yeah, I'll, I'll check the new one out and give him the benefit of the doubt. I've, I've heard too many people say good things about it. So
3: It is, a, it is a quite a good album. It yeah. is.
4: I'm enjoying it. So. it was surpri-
3: I was very
1: surprised. Like I said, it wasn't on my radar at all. It's just I saw a number of people when it came out just be like, this is the best thing he's done in years and years. And I was yeah. like, well... I- so, you know, not going to cost me anything to
3: check it out. Pull yeah. it up on Spotify, and yeah. it's like, holy yeah, shit, that's this what is I actually really good. Let's talk about some other new albums that are coming out. Let's. Um, so the new, the new Marduk album coming out.
4: It, I think it just dropped, right? Runschwein, or it's it's coming out this week or something. It but
3: drops next
4: week, I think. Okay. Um. So I've heard. I've heard it. Yeah. It's Marduk. Okay. It's just it's it's like one of their war themed albums, and it's very dicey because like the the title of the album. Uh, when they when they actually write it out on the album cover has like a German World War II era, you know, Iron Cross. Yeah, you really you're you're treading sketchy territory when you start using iconography like that. They know that, and no, and I I understand that they're just trying to get attention, but like I listen to the album on a sonic level, and it's like, yeah, this is good. It sounds like Marduk. It's just very catchy, very straight ahead black metal. I want to take a look at these lyrics and see what they're saying before I make a judgment on the album one way or the other. So um, um, so we'll th- see about that. There's a new Hate album coming out, which is some brutal Polish death metal. Lot, yeah. I've always loved Hate. And, and, and those guys need to step up their game after Behemoth last year. I mean, like yeah. the, the, the knock on Hate is that they're a second-rate Behemoth mm. and that they, they get too technical for their own good. Well, Behemoth is no longer doing the technical stuff. They're doing something better. Mm-hmm. So it's up different. So, yeah. it, to me, it's like, come on, just expand your repertoire. Hate maybe don't don't copy Behemoth, but do something interesting. You know. So
3: we have a new Venom album, which I've heard. I listened to a little bit of it. It's Venom. It's, yeah. it's very good. It's what you would expect a Venom album to be. I haven't heard this one yet. No. So starting in February, um do well, Melakesh have a new album? I was that was gonna be one yes. I was gonna mention. Yes. Have you heard the I song
1: Enki? I've yeah. Yeah, there's I a song with
3: um with it, um, was it uh it's a lyric Max video. Cavalera, yes.
1: yes. And I was a little bit like Yeah, I don't know if I want Max Cavalera in my Melikesh song. It's very but it good. Is cool. <laughs> it's chocolate good. and peanut butter, my friend. Yeah. It
3: these things should not go together, but when they do, yeah, it's good. It was good,
1: yeah. man. I'm I'm looking forward to that. One I I enjoy Melikesh a lot. So, um,
3: so, new Interferum. We're going to play that right now. Actually, very, very we, soon. We, um, we,
4: we are noticeably skipping the Angra album, but we both agreed that we haven't given it enough time. We ha- yeah,
3: we haven't given enough.
4: I'll just straight up admit that my attention was elsewhere. So I'm, I'm sorry to Angra fans, but we'll get to it next episode. We will devote time to Angra. So
3: also coming out in March. Let's, let's skip ahead a little bit. We okay, March sixth. The big is the new Enslaved. And so There's a the new Moonspell album coming out, and, which and, I've heard one track.
4: Something I'm just dying to listen to is the new Nightwish album, and the single was leaked earlier this week. Did you do it? I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I have no way of doing it, but <laughs> I will say that I I was on YouTube and uh, someone had posted on Reddit that it had leaked, and so I just kind of typed it in, and there it was. It was like it had just been uploaded. I took a couple listens, and um, I haven't heard it yet. Is it ethical for me to listen to it? Was it ethical for me to do it, or was it not? Was it bad? Did you upload it? No, no. But I I listened to it about ten times. But
3: Floor (laughs) Floor Jansen was not happy that it got leaked. I saw her post on Instagram.
4: Yeah, well, I I also saw the Nightwish whoever runs their social media needs to maybe kind of take a a little bit more tact with the way they word out things to their audience or their, their fans. Yeah. Just, you don't have to messages in all caps aren't needed. First of all. Yeah. Um, because most people just harp on the fact that you're typing in all caps. It doesn't really solve anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then second of all, just like the singles coming out in what now, four days, five days officially. It got leaked a couple days early. It's not the end of the world. A video got taken down. Someone's, Movies
3: get leaked, video games get leaked. Yeah, just, uh, one it,
4: song got leaked. Yeah. Big fucking video. You know I'm sorry. I'll, I'll say this right now, just free from some press for those guys. It's a great song. It's just it's everything you want in a Nightwish single. It's not as complex as uh, storytime from the last album, but floor I, sounds you know, great. I'm
3: I'm still not a, a a Nightwish fan. I mean they're okay.
4: Yeah. Oh, it's oh, okay. I'll I'm going to give this album
3: a chance because I really am a, a fan of Floor. Yeah. So now that she's in the band and they're coming here soon with... Um, Sabaton, Sabaton and, and Delane. And Delane. It's going to be yeah, a great so. show. Um, something that I'm really looking forward to in March is The Gentle Storm. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? Y'all, y'all are crazy. <laughs> oh... <Wow. laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, do do you even know what it is? That's um, God, is that
4: like Arion or something? It's art is exactly right. Okay, <laughs> that's what I Arjun and, and It just Monica. felt like you were talking about some kind of bath product or something. Like what?
3: <laughs> the name is not the best. Yeah, I will, I will give you that. But um, I've heard, they have a um, the song they've released. They have it on YouTube. There's the thing about this album is two uh, two two discs with it. One album is the gentle one; the other one is a heavy version, and the same songs.
4: Wait, wait. So the songs are the same, right? Hmm. So there's
3: two albums, basically. One's heavy. One's is, is is not heavy. Seems a
4: little gimmicky. But
1: it's the same songs. Same songs. Seems a That's little weird. gimmicky.
4: Yeah, it seems like like. Something Bon Jovi would do. Here's the here's the regular album. And here's the bonus acoustic edition, only okay, available no, at Walmart. You, need to be, you shut your mouth on that one. <laughs> I'm going to make you
3: listen to the song, and you'll be like, "Okay, um, yeah." So shut up. Don't make me don't make me mad. You're going to like me when I'm angry. Um, that's pretty much it. There's a new uh, Kisuke Somerville album coming out. That yeah, should be good. I
4: mean, if they don't overproduce it and overpolish it. Then. New Shining
3: album. Everybody seems to really dig on Shining. Really? Yeah.
4: Hmm. I, for me, right now, My Horizon stops at the Nightwish album. And a new Metallica album. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. So, Night, en- Nightwish is where My Horizon stops right now. So, so
3: in January, we have the new, the new Napalm Death album just came out called Apex Predator. Yep. Uh, what's the other part to it? I can't remember right now. Apex Predator Easy Meat. Easy, gross, easy meat. Exactly. It's a weird album cover. It's like a cellophane container filled with, like, rotted rotting meat maggoted meat yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy it looks but, great um, on vinyl if you if you like napalm desk if you these guys know when to grind it out some some amazing grindage they know when to they napalm Desk can fucking groove man there's no denying that and the track we're gonna play from the new album um that I we just listened to it a few minutes ago what did y'all guys think
1: I I enjoyed it It was catchy that uh little i don't know what you call it just the kind of off time thing at the end yeah. going on there That was real cool
3: so let's get into a track from the new album apex predator easy meat this song is called how the years condemn here's some napalm disc
0: a roba diss.
3: And yeah, there's Napalm Death. They're uh they know how to do it, man.
4: Yeah. yeah it was punchy and brutal. It's grindage, man. Punchy. Some test some tasty grindage. When I was in uh junior high and I was big on Megadeth and stuff like that, it was Napalm Death was one of those bands that was my transitioning band to yeah. uh listen to Death Metal, you know. And um so I I kind of I, I always have that kind of uh I guess affection for them even though I don't really spend a lot of time like writing about them or doing it because there's just not much to write about Napalm Death is an interesting band mm-hmm. but I mean it's hard to it's uh, there's a, a weird thing to say but music like that it's very hard to devote a lot of words to it because it just kind of is what it is yeah and in, how are you going to describe that how many ways can you say brutal <laughs> what's one of your what's one of your favorite songs by them or albums like eras uh i honestly don't for me it would have been the stuff that my friend uh daniel hayes gave me back in like when i was in the sixth grade like he made me a cassette tape of their stuff
3: with some napalm death song it was just all must have been like 150 death. tracks on it or something
4: it was it was like well i think it was one side napalm death and the other side was like a primus or something ridiculous <laughs> like that
3: when <laughs> my and, uh, um me and my band uh i was in a band Right out of high school, we never really went in. We played, like, Zelda's one time, which is like, downstairs Fitzgerald's. Yeah. Uh, we were called Gossamer, right? It was just me and my friends and my cousin had this band, and we did one napalm desk cover. We covered You Suffer, which totally lasts about three seconds.
4: Yeah. Okay. I was thinking, like, is that is that, that song? Yeah. Yeah. But truthfully, one
3: of my favorite tracks from them ever is probably Breed to Breeze. I love that song. It's just—it's one of their you know, one of the really catchy, um, groovy tracks, man. But I—I like, I really like that kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, but
3: I really—I really dig this album. I always enjoy
4: inter- any interview with Barney Greenway. I always like <laughs> listening to that guy talk.
3: Like right before we went to the song, I—I I, I mentioned a Death because that dude on stage, man, he must lose like fifty pounds every week. Never seen them live, really. No, they're fun—they're fun band live. Yeah. Have you ever seen them live, Dave? Mm-mm. I've seen them like probably four or five times cuz they always tour with metal bands, you know. Yeah. But yeah. If you have, if you get a chance to see him live, they're, they're they're a good band live. They're yeah. fun.
4: Next time I think I'll go. So, let's what else is next on the agenda? Um we were t- we mentioned earlier Insiferum and their new album I think just came out like a week ago. I thought it was Insiferum. Uh I did too. Okay. Insiferum. I'll be outvoted. Yeah, whatever. No, no, insiferum. You're in, the metal expert. We're just,
3: we're just your lowly servants. Well,
4: because insiferum, there's no incipherum, There's no reason to put the accent on that last. Well, we're from Texas. That's why we do it. like Vowel. That. But in, maybe no, because the Texan way is insiferum, right?
3: You got me, man. Well, I don't know anymore. In, Insiferism. <laughs> we'll have to ask them. He's right. We should ask
4: him. Yeah. How the hell do you say your name? Well, I don't know. You know, one of, the, one of the most fun shows I've ever been to was in Sifrim Point at uh, this awful venue in Northwest Houston called the Java Jazz. Oh, yeah. It's just basically like a concrete space. Is that when they came with Tear? That was the Pagan Fest. Store. Pagan Fest, it was, it was, yeah. It was a great build. It was, it was in Cifram was headlining. Toraeus was before them. And then tear before them, and uh, Elevati opened. It wow, was like a, a lot of fun. That was a that was
3: fun a show. Tour.
4: It was great. Yeah, I thought it was Tory Sauce. I remember Armbreaker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Armbreaker was Armbreaker Peacemaker was there. This guy who would go to these shows many many years ago, and he was the the biggest guy you'd ever see at a metal show. I mean, just in terms of dimension, height. Um, girth, I mean, he was just a big guy and he would always be in the pit. And every time he went into the pit, everyone would just back the hell off. He, he broke my friend's arm, like just by smashing into him. Wow. Cause uh, he was like, he had extended his arm out and the guy came behind him and accidentally jabbed his, his, um, his basically just dislocated his elbow. And so he had to go off in the corner and re you know, snap his elbow back into place. Oh. That's yeah. never fun in a no, show. No, it was it was pretty grim. But um, uh, the, I remember that this guy at that show was uh, during In He was the only guy in the pit. It's the only time I had ever seen that. He was just he he was oblivious to the fact that he there was no one around him. He was just doing like. Um, windmills like Zangief style windmills like in the, <laughs> in the pit and everyone just sort of looking at him and I remember Petri Lindos the front man for Enzifram was just sort of like just like he was singing and he was sort of staring at this guy like he, this guy's kind of bumming everybody out. <laughs> <It was laughs> Did he make him get out? No I mean they you know he he eventually just kind of wandered off I don't know where he went but wow he wandered outside somewhere that felt
3: like a great show man i wish i, would, I wish i had gone to that
4: it was a it was a cool show I, I the venue was awful but it was fun so wow and the new album uh is um maybe the most uh interested i've been in them since that time yeah because i was totally well, that was
3: that was about 2007 eight, 2007 2008?
4: something like that yeah um the last album that came out 2 years ago, I was very ambivalent on. I just thought it was kind of weak. It seemed like they were trying to ape too much from like the folk metal aspect of their sound. Yeah. This album, I feel like they're kind of getting back to the thrashier parts of what makes Insufferum mm-hmm. great. You know, it's heavy and it's still folk metal influence, but um, at least on the the title tracks, uh just it's a heavy song and it's it's thrashy in the right parts and it's kind of dark. It's almost like they're kind of doing uh, what Fintral did on Nat Fod, you know, kind of going back to a...
3: So they had um, uh, on the album, which is called One Man Army, they have a, a, a bonus track called Bonus Song. And I listened to that earlier and I listened to the lyrics to it and it's like, basically lyrics were like, here's a bonus song to make you guys happy. It, it, it's like, it's very tongue-in-cheek, very, yeah. it reminded me of like Ed Guy, that, that Life in the Life and Times time of a Bonus track. track. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. But the rest of the album is, is pretty serious, so.
4: Yeah. Serious metal business. Yeah, it, it'll, it'll be nice to see if this album, because uh, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the entire thing, but we were playing some songs from it earlier um, before the show started, and it's like, it seems like They've they've righted the ship, and this is going to be a, a solid album. So I'm going to have wanna, more to say about that. I want to segue actor. for a second. Yeah, we're talking about good concerts. What was your guys'
3: very first concert you ever went to? Jeez.
4: Well, I mean, technically, the first concert would have been the some. It was some kind of country show at the rodeo. Okay. No. 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 What, Houston. was your first production? metal show. Uh, the first one that I feel like I designate as a metal show was. Um, uh, Ozfest for me whoa really yeah where was that Ninety. i, I said it was megadeth was there so it must have been 97 97 you know, or yeah
3: i was at that show yeah it was it san antonio
4: wasn't it um no this Isn't was in i was in california it? oh were you i don't yeah. think it came into houston so oh yeah no it didn't i don't think it did
3: that was with drain sth and fear factory yeah I, and a saw them, I saw
4: them at shoreline amphitheater that was your very first metal show well, it was the first one where I was like going and knowing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. You know? I had gone with my cousins to see um Guns N' Roses Metallica okay. in ninety two. I saw that show. But there's no memories Let's of Faith No More. There's no I was too young, I don't remember anything that much. You're making me feel old. Yeah. What about I think you, Faith Dave? On the Bill? I'm
1: really trying to remember. Um, there were there were a lot of like there was kind of a thriving hardcore scene in Dallas and Fort Worth for a while when I was, yeah, you know, getting into stuff, and so I went to a lot of the shows. But it was all just local guys, and I, w- I went to a bunch of those. I don't know if any of those count. I wouldn't remember what the first one my, was. My
4: first club show was um, it was December 2000 on the In Flames Clayman tour in flames nevermore really? and shadow spall yeah oh yeah i love that that was one of my I, I, that still goes down as one of my my favorite shows of all time just because i i was so into the Clayman album at that time and to, to see them right then at that moment it meant everything to me i was just so
3: like, i'm gonna date myself here of course yeah. while you think about it dave um my very first show I that i re-
1: that's legal i don't know if you can date yourself
3: Oh, I would. I, that's, that's a
4: Carrie esque. <laughs>
3: on the, on the. He's learning. He's learning from the best. The Padawan has become the master now. Um, okay, so one of the very first shows I ever saw was Anthrax opening up for Iron Maiden. Um, it was the No Prayer for the Dying tour for Whoa. Iron Maiden. It was Persistence of Time. It was the first time I'd ever been to a huge show like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my, my mom dropped <laughs> me and my best friend Scott off at the Summit back in the day yeah I also saw Clash of the Titans that year which Ooh. was fucking amazing like Testament Megadeth uh... no 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 it was uh, the the opening band was Alice in Chains mm-hmm. uh-huh. and it was Anthrax Slayer and Megadeth oh okay and it was one of those tours where they would um, each night they would you know each band would ha- would headline differently every night yeah so they all played the same amount of time right um and then another one of my very big sh- first shows was. Do you remember Operation Rock and Roll? No. It was a tour. It was um, it, it was Dangerous Toys, Metal Church, uh, Alice Cooper, and then Judas Priest. When it was on the Painkiller tour. That's a weird combination a, of bands. It was an amazing show though, man. Dangerous really Toys, really? Yeah. Uh. They were sporting a Woody that night. Yeah, <laughs> like that's strange, huh? That was cool. And I saw Pantera many, many times before, like, Cowboys from Hell ever came yeah. out.
4: Yeah. Was that Ellis Cooper when he was doing, like, Poison and yeah, Better of yeah. Nails and stuff? Yep. I love that record. I don't care what anyone no, says. No, Poison
3: is a badass record, <laughs> man. It really is. They're playing here this weekend.
4: Oh, really? The tickets were, like, 40 bucks each. I was like, oh, Are they, I think mean, Is it Concert Pub
3: North? No, no, they were playing a um, Big Place, I think. Oh, like House of Blues or something? No, it's, like, the Verizon Jeez. Theater or whatever it is called. The Bayou Music Theater. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. House Cooper is still big, man. Yeah. I don't know.
1: What about you, Dave? I guess it depends on how you're gonna define like first metal show, you know? 'Cause well, I uh maybe not so metal but definitely very proggy. I, I went to G three, like nineteen ninety six, uh was Eric Johnson, Joe Satriani yep. and Steve Vai. Yeah. So it's not necessarily metal, but guitar it's, winkery? Yeah, very much because I was learning how to play guitar at the time, so I was really into to that stuff. Um, Eric Johnson actually dropped off that tour right before the show. I, I like Eric Johnson. He's yeah, great. I do too, and I was disappointed I didn't get to see him.
3: My dad really liked but, really was really into Eric Johnson.
1: Hmm. Close to Dover was so, a song. Yeah, that's one yeah. of his big ones that is pretty well known. So it was m- maybe that if you want to count that, maybe it was uh, Van Halen if you want to count that. Yeah. Um, what year was that? That was I don't remember what year it was, but it was uh, Gary Sharon was singing. If that helps, oh. if that helps. Me I right saw now. Extreme
3: back in the day. Does that count? <laughs> like in in the late '80s or '90s, whatever it was.
4: Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that Mr. Big was opening for Bon Jovi when I saw them. So I must have seen them on the Addicted to that Rush era. Like I was really, was
3: too big album. back in the day, I, I've never been a Bon Jovi fan, can't stand them. Yeah. Back in the day, I used to be a huge Skid Row fan. And I think, I, this might have been like 89-ish Ish. time. I was, I, we dro- we were dropped off, my best friend Scott and my, my friend Sue Ann, my god sister basically I grew up was we got dropped off at the Summit jamming some skid row fucking great then bon Jovi came on and we like walked away we went away and then some dude at the pool at the hotel next to us was like giving us beer and shit and we, <laughs> now I go back and think about it you're like that's super dangerous you <laughs> yeah. know what i mean yeah. but that bet when you're like 14 or whatever yeah. i've been, I'd been to
1: a lot of rock shows and stuff like that so it, i don't know where the the crossover happened but i uh, and I th- really, I think a lot of cutting my teeth was in a lot of those hardcore bands, the local hardcore bands, because that's where I got. That's really where I got into heavy stuff, and yeah. then I found, I found extreme metal through that. You know, I was already into some more accessible metal stuff, your Metallicas and Megadeth, and you know, kind of the stuff that's easier to come by. And it was through those local hardcore bands that. I eventually discovered more extreme metal mm-hmm. and it started, and since I mentioned I was into kind of the, the wanky guitar stuff because I was learning how to play and I was very impressed by it at the time um, so then I found this music that combined the intensity of the hardcore music that I liked except it was complex, like yeah. the more proggy stuff that I was into, so that was kind of how I you know, got into
3: jazz wankery it, metal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a lot of bands like that yep all right, so let's um, let's move back on to Insiferum.
4: Yeah, did I say it correctly? Yes. Yeah.
3: Maybe. Yeah. How do you say it again?
4: Insiferum. Insiferum. That's the way I would say it.
3: Okay, let's get into uh, Insiferum. Insiferum. This is uh, the title track from the the album One Man Army. Why did you pick this this track?
4: Uh, just the heaviest song I've heard from them in a long time. The thrashiest song I've heard from them in a long time. And that's and it's nice to hear that from. Getting tired of hearing stuff like Ale Storm and Corpoclonian bands there, copying those two bands. It's nice to see Insiferum maybe kind of moving away a bit. So,
3: All right. Well, here's some Insiferum, and we'll be right back.
4: Listening to Incipherum, One Man Army. Incipherum, (laughs) Incipherum, Incipherhythm. So yeah, what do you think? Heavy. Good. Yeah, Yeah, it is heavy, man. Yeah, heavier. Heavy is a metal um, thing and darker. And it's it's a good direction for them to go into. Uh, I'm I'm glad they're kind of drifting away a little bit from the sound of uh, bands that they could easily be lumped in with. You know, they they were they started out as a more authentic. Um, you know, back when Yari was in the band, they they were just like, kind of like a Metallica meets Spoke metal type thing. And you know, to embrace more of the thrashiness of their roots and maybe a little more of the the kind of bleaker, darker aspects of their sound is a good move for them right now, I think. So, yeah, it's,
3: I think it's gonna be a good album. I mean, yeah. there's a couple of tracks we listened to during our break here, and yeah. yeah, it's I'm gonna have to spend some more time with this album. And, yeah, me too. So we we only have one more song left for the evening.
4: Yes, the Enslaved. Something we've all been looking forward to. Yes. Yes.
3: We have a couple little little topics to talk about, and then uh, some house cleaning, and then we'll uh, get to some Enslaved. Yep. So, one thing that I I wanted to talk about, I would be remiss if I didn't speak about it,
4: Um, I I grew up reading Metal Maniacs magazine. What about you guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. Things right, I actually couldn't believe they kept it in the grocery store. just yes. <laughs> Metal Edge, yeah, I understood. But Metal Maniacs. I
3: love getting Metal Maniacs. It's something I look forward to every month. Is was trying to find it at the local Kroger's or wherever you yeah. found it at.
4: Yeah, I never subscribed, but I was always like, I just read the issues. But, yeah, I never subscribed either, but yeah. I would pick
1: them up, you know, here and
4: there. Yeah, well, there was that there was that real uh, moment for me when I realized, like, you know what? I was I remember at, being at the the newsstand of the Stop and Go by the edge of my neighborhood and looking at the metal edge and then looking at the metal maniacs down there and going like I really don't really care about the guys in the Wasp you know I don't (laughs) want to hear about Chris Holmes Um, but Chuck Schildinger I want to read about this guy like but the other guys like in these magazines like I don't know about these guys and so I would like take a look at that and I bought both of them and I ended up that ended up being sort of a gateway for me into like extreme metal like now I know who this band Carcass is and now they're on my radar so when my friend mentions oh, I'm listening to Carcass I'm like oh I'll listen to that too you know and that that's that was those early magazines like that um, were kind of instrumental in me get crossing over to extreme metal yeah.
3: I, I would agree Metal Maniacs was one of those even they would talk about a band I would I would actually pay attention and listen to it and oh, yeah. yeah I mean this is if Metal Maniacs is covering it, it's just, it's probably something that I should yeah. be listening to.
4: Yeah, they, they they were sister publications, but like one was Metal Edge was Jerry Miller, the infamous right. Jerry Miller, and then uh, Metal Maniacs was uh, Catherine uh, Ludwig. Ludwig, yeah. Ludwig, yeah. That's
3: that's the the sad part that we're getting to right now is she uh, she passed away a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, like the weekend before last, I believe it was the first time we yeah, recorded very short while since ago. It, yeah, since it's happened, but um, Catherine Ludwig, founder and editor in chief of seminal and ground groundbreaking Metal Maniacs magazine, she lost her battle with cancer.
4: Yeah, it, it was some. I think it was like Hodgkin's lymphoma or something mm-hmm, like I that. Believe you're right. And so the thing was, okay, people. Uh, from what I understood, this that's supposed to be treatable but I guess they detected it too late, or I'm not sure what this this specific. I, I don't are.
3: really, yeah, I really know all the specifics either. But I know there were some. They were know, trying to raise money, raise money to help her medical bills, and yeah. it just it. Some people just it, it doesn't help. Yeah, but yeah. you know she had a great life, man. I mean, yeah. she influenced a lot of young metalheads back in the day.
4: There's a Facebook page that they have uh, set up for her, like a tribute fund. Oh, really? Like, I think it's right now to cover, obviously to cover funeral expenses, but they're also going to keep it open because she has a 16-year-old son and to kind of help, you know, fund for him, school and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I heard, when I I read that news, I was just sort of, it was one of those things where it's like a a little punch to the gut. Yeah. It's like... And that's a part of my metal youth, kind of right there. That's you know a big part of it. So it's amazing that a magazine that covered such um, extreme metal at such an early time in mm. the early '90s through the mid '90s, um, when it was hard to get funding for print publications like that. I mean, you know that better than anybody. Yeah, Uh I used to do one. It, it, it. She was a woman doing this. Um in a very male dominated world women didn't come into extreme metal until the late 90s or the early parts of the the you know 2000s right so she was out there kind of by herself doing it and you know metal maniacs didn't get support from metal edge they were owned by the same company or they're distributed by the same company but there was no crossover there you know metal edge regarded themselves in a kind of arrogant way as being kind of Trend, the trendy, well, you know. <laughs> you know, the only one that mattered. They had the writers yeah. with the experience, the contacts through the scene and the Sunset Strip, and Metal Maniacs was that kind of freaky cousin publication, the Redhead Stepchild. Yeah, that like well, the bands that no one really listens to. Those bands, well, you know, time told differently. So, I don't
3: know. yeah, that's definitely true. But look, 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 where the bands that were covered in Metal Edge are today. They're yeah,
4: they're struggling trying to play a gig. You know, well, and and the writers. Yeah. Uh, I mean there were good writers back then like you know but most of those guys they never really graduated past that that sort of Eddie Trunk level you know of like <laughs> I don't, I don't, they have blinders on from you know like, everything 1993 and backwards is is where they exist you know. Yeah. So but,
3: Um in the Immortal words of Kevin Smith Big Bucket of Wind. Yeah. I see in you know if it wasn't for Metal Maniacs, I wouldn't be the metalhead that I am today.
4: Yeah, no, it was a huge. It played a huge role in, in me uh, crossing over to extreme metal.
3: So, thank you. In R.I.P., you will be missed. Yes. Happier notes. Let's go. Happier topic. Let's talk yeah. about something happy before we yes go into our house cleaning for the episode.
4: Yeah, you know, I think that uh, the Inslave song that we're going to be playing is.
3: Enslaved makes every enslaved makes everybody happy. Yes, well, this
4: so. is the uh, the first song they have released. It's also a really long song. Um, I think it's like oh, close to eight minutes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I I like it. In the fact, I would dare to say I like anything. I like it better just this one song than anything I heard off Rittier. And I like that album. It made my top ten list when it came out. Right. Yeah. Of course um, it did. But sometimes I, I I think with Retier I have to really be in the mood for it and this kind of reminds me a little bit more of axioma and you were mentioning earlier that it seems like a blending of like Vertebrae, well, axioma yeah. and and Rittier. and I can see that um but you, you mentioned some of the axioma
3: that you said it was like the heaviest album they ever did or I, recently. I, in, out of this out of this batch of albums you know
4: in the past ten years i I definitely think so it's the most punishing album they've ever done yeah okay. and it was followed. It, it was following the softest album they ever did. But then, like, you know, Rattier is also a pretty soft mm-hmm. album, too. So I wouldn't say soft.
3: I would just say well, atmos- more atmospheric, yeah. more it's different. Yeah. Soft is not probably the right word, because that makes people think it's like an acoustic album or something.
4: And this isn't a criticism, but one of the things I noticed, even on the new song, is that um, sometimes the Queen vocalist tends to just stick to the same phrasing throughout... A lot of the songs he's on he's not in all of them but whenever he does appear he kind of sings in the same way yeah and i would like I to i would that. like to see, uh, one of my things for the album is i'd like to hear him if he does more variations on that if he changes it up a little no, bit i never more.
3: i haven't really paid attention to that i'll have to no I know. I know
1: exactly what you mean i never it, it, it never it, occurred it, to me yeah but well, when you mentioned when that he, i hear that when the he kicks pacing, in
4: you I, right now in my head i can hear exactly the way he sounds mm-hmm. like all the time, and I'd like to hear him do something different on the new album. So that's what I'm gonna be looking for when I actually get around to like sitting down with the new album completely. So
3: cool. Well, um, let's wrap up this episode. Yes, let's. Uh, so, for us, you can find MSRcast at MSRcast.com, or you can go to MetalGeeks.net. You, of course, you can find us at MetalInjection.net. Uh, we're part, happily, still a part of the podcasting department of Metal Injection. Metal Injection Radio, whatever you want to call it, we're uh, we've been going on for ten
4: years now, and we're not stopping anytime soon. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and if you like the show, uh, go to iTunes, and uh, if if you don't have the time to review us, just give us a little rating. That helps.
3: So. Yeah, exactly. Subscribe to us because that really yes, does help too. Yes, you can find us, of course, on iTunes. It, it makes getting the show easier. Way you can easier search for Metal Injection or MSR Cast, yeah, or Metal Geeks because we're we're on on all three. Feeds yeah, there. they'll all
4: pop up. Yeah.
3: And um, you can find Dave, of course, all over the internet at. Uh, you can
1: find all of my Geekazoid stuff at ilovegeekazoid.com dot com and I Love Geekazoid on all your social media. Uh, as of recently, you can also find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Red Viking Dave.
4: I'm still working out Instagram. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working at it. i will be an Instagrammer soon, man. But um, you can find me at uh, the Metal Pigeon on Facebook, Twitter, and. Hopefully, Instagram. I'm on it, and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do with it. So,
3: And you can find Cast on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all at MSRcast. And you can email us if you need to say anything, give a comment, request, anything you want. Send us a, your band to play. We'll do that. Yeah. yeah. Cast at gmail.com. So, um,
4: it's getting the weight, can you tell? We're
3: all like... <laughs> We're like, uh, what? <laughs> so let, let's let the uh, metal... Let's let enslaved speak for speak for us at the it's end. Of bedtime episode. music, yeah, a little bedtime <laughs> music. Here's some enslaved and uh, keep it metal, guys.
0: listening to another fine podcast brought to you by msr productions all rights reserved blah 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 blah
1: for reviews archives of our podcasts and all your other metal geekery needs please visit msrcast.com
0: metal or die let's look to metal all the time yeah